This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And welcome, good morning, good afternoon, where you happen to be on this, well, at least here in L.A., not so lovely yet, but it's going to be there, Sunday morning of our Memorial Day weekend, and I hope you guys are all doing well, and your pets are healthy and safe, and we're going to talk about that at the, at the latter part of the show, how to keep them safe on this wild weekend. Anyway, so um, here live on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff, we want to hear from you, we want to see you, ideally, I get to see your pet. I'm so used to doing telemedicine now that for me, it's just norm. It's the new norm. Anyway, how can you reach us? You can reach me here the old-fashioned way. Pick up your phone, dial toll-free 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-385-8882. Or better yet, join us here live, live on Pet Life Radio. And um, just go on to PetLifeRadio.com. Click on Shows. Follow down, scroll down to uh, Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. You can click on a link for Zoom left for you there. And I hope you have a Zoom on your computer. If not, you should download it. It's a good thing to have nowadays anyway. And um, just we can you can ask away, pick my brain. I still have a little bit of it left. So now's the time to take advantage of it <laughs> before the whole thing goes, whatever that might be. Who knows? Being a product of the uh, 60s and 70s, being in Berkeley in the early 70s, I just don't know how much of it is going to be left. But anyway, give it a shot. Give it a shot. Anyway, we talked about this last week. And it's, when you stories like this, like COVID, remember I said, a week wouldn't go by without a COVID story. A week wouldn't go by without some pet food recall because of raw diet. Things like that. So here's another cannabis story. Um, again, as it is being decriminalized in many, many states, the um, numbers of emergency visits because of cannabis toxicity of our dogs and cats, mostly dogs, is increasing by the week. So it's very important to be careful. Yes, there are many benefits. We know there are benefit, many benefits. I have one, uh, two of my dogs on, on it. And I see the results, but, and many of you, I'm sure, no, you wouldn't take it. Of course you would probably have at some point in your lives. And yes, there are benefits, but the dogs are very, very sensitive to the THC, which is the, the, that component of the marijuana plant that has the uh, psychoactive properties. So it's very important to be very, very safe. We don't know enough yet to start recommending doses. Plus there are so many different types that, you know, we didn't have this, you know, was it uh, in the years, years ago, it was one type of pot, marijuana, call it what you will, hash. And that was it. Now there are many and there's different types and, and the ones for, for sleeping and, and peacefulness. One is for more, more stimulating and, and feel good, sativa and insight or whatever the healthcare are. I don't even know, but I do know that they're out there. So very important if you're going to use it as an edible, for example, and you're making those cookies, you're making those brownies, you're doing whatever you're going to do, you need to be very, very, very careful. And if you use something called pot butter, um, I have no idea what that is. But if you have used it, that apparently the most deaths associated with the cannabis and THC pot are going to come from pot butter, very highly concentrated THC. So be very careful. Another story, which you know we've been promoting as any veterinary practitioner or any human practitioner for years, and that is that what they say, uh, an ounce of prevention is better than a, a pound of treatment. So here is the thing: preventive health. Actually, there's been a study now 
cost less. You think, oh my God, I'm going in for those physicals after my dog is, I don't know, seven, eight, going in for those annual blood tests. Oh my God, poor me, so expensive. It actually turns out that preventive health measures, the dentistries, the blood and urine tests, once your dog gets old enough, things like that, those thorough physical exams actually will cost you less in the long run than waiting until the disease that we might pick up early and start treating early becomes an issue and you're going to spend a lot more on treating those diseases once they take hold, when they become more advanced. So not only is it obviously better to get an earlier diagnosis, but if we start earlier, treating earlier, while it is a minor problem, then they end up doing much, much better. So, and in the long haul, it's going to cost you a lot less. So think about that when your vet says, you know, we time to come in for that dentistry. My dog's four years old. Yes, you that preventive health goes a long way. And as I mentioned many times before, and I'm sure your veterinarians have mentioned it, there are a number of diseases that we see in pets that are, for example, kidney disease, glomerulonephritis, uh, heart valve disease called endocarditis. Those bacteria causing those infections started in the mouth. So you need to be very, very careful. So just by a show of hands, I know you can see me. I'm going to raise two. How many of you sleep with your dogs? Are you allow your pets in bed with you? And um, I'm hoping I see a lot of hands because oh, I do. And I have, well, 10 now, five and five, five dogs, five cats. Who knows? I mean, if I'm the last to bed, I'm in trouble because there's no room left for me. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to the couch. But anyway, so sleeping with your pets doesn't hurt sleep. It may actually, according to a recent study, improve things. So here they did. They took 188 kids, children and teens from 11 to 17. And they basically gave them a survey. And 18% of these children and teens, 11 to 17, reported often sleeping with their pets. 17% said they sometimes do. And a 65% never do. So that to me is worrisome because that 65%, that number should be way down. And the 17 and the 18% should be way higher. They found that sleep quality was similar in all groups. However, in subjective questioning, the group that actually shared their beds with their pets often reported the highest quality of sleep. So um, anyway, uh, and they also found the pets in bed with them to be comforting. So nothing new to me, but just think about it. If you, because I know, honestly, there's some trainers out there that say, well, if you let the pet sleep in bed with you, then you're not maintaining that, that master relationship and they're going to take advantage. Trust me, I've been doing this for as long as I can remember. My dogs have slept with us in bed, with me in bed. And uh, I, I turned out pretty good. What can I tell you? I do not have a problem with my dogs taking advantage of me. They still know that I'm the boss and they are very well behaved, very well trained. They listen. I can even go near their food while they're eating, pick it up, stick my face in. My kids, my grandkids can do that. And they'll just back away. One of my dogs is a Frenchie. And he is, you know, people say, are your cats afraid of the dogs? Uh-uh, the opposite. My Frenchie's afraid of the cats <laughs> because... He got a little too close to them once, and one of them, my big black cat named Ninja, he did that swat <laughs> a mile a minute. So just this morning, I was putting his food down, and so Ninja was sitting there. His name is Dwight, Dwight's food bowl. So Dwight comes in, right, 
and he runs to the ball. He sees Ninja sitting right there, and Dwight backs up. He goes, I'm not going there. It was, I had to call the cat out of the way, so Ninja, so Dwight would eat. It was hysterical. All right, so getting back into the office, I hope so. Many of us in veterinarians, we never left the office, which was a good thing. But anyway, it could be a big culture shock for your pets. So it's very important to think about this. You want to ease back into that schedule. So you don't want to like go from, oh, I'm starting back to work Tuesday right after Memorial Day. I'm going to be you know here being home all day, and now I'm going to be gone eight, nine hours a day. That might not be good for your pets. So even though you're, you're given the green light, don't be gone all day if you can help it. You want to plan in advance by leaving the house, even if you're not, you weren't going to work, just to get them used to being alone for an hour. Also, when you're home with them, stop giving them all the attention. They have to learn to have some alone time and to enjoy their alone time. Also, when you are starting to leave and when you're coming home, just don't, keep it, keep the, a low mood. Don't, don't go nuts. Don't go, oh my God, poor thing, I'm gonna miss you, miss you. And when you come home, you go, oh, give me big hugs. You, you wanna minimize the interaction prior to leaving and when you come home. You don't wanna make a big deal. They have to realize that, you know what? He or she, it's not so hot after all. Um, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna kind of play with my own toys, do my own thing. You wanna encourage that behavior because they have to slowly ease back into what was. And if you were lucky enough to adopt a pet during COVID when you had a lot of time, that dog's norm. So now when you're gonna be leaving for all day, it might be a culture shock for them. So it's something to just be cautious of. And another, of course, COVID, we have to have a COVID story. And two studies, this is where it's getting real, guys. Two studies coming out in the same week about pets that are not receiving the vaccine, nor should they. Our pets are not at risk. And um, it is something that you just need to know that they're not going to be getting cats and dogs. Now, one of the companies, Zoetis, actually has something, I mean, ready to go. They're not making the vaccine yet, but they have everything planned just in case. Turns out that the only animal that they're seriously considering doing a vaccine for, for many of us, it's going to be sad that they're doing it because when you understand the reason why they're trying to keep them from dying the way they're dying, which I am in favor of, I'm not in favor of what they're being used for, and that's mink. Mink, for some reason, seems to be very, very susceptible to SARS, uh, and, and they can actually transmit it. Where even the very, very few cases of cats, and I think very few, one or two dogs, and they weren't even sure if it was real, had it. There was no evidence of transmission from the animal to a person. Every single case of a cat getting it, there was someone in the house, if it wasn't the zoo, the big cat, it was a zookeeper, somebody somebody was carrying the virus and gave it to the animals. It's not going the other way around. So at least something you want to keep in mind. Lastly, before we break, speaking of, of the pandemic and animal ownership in Seattle, and I'd love to see this in, in more, more states, well, actually more cities, in Seattle, cat ownership rose by 18% over last year compared to only 4% increase in dog ownership. So Obviously, in Seattle, a lot of people went out and they adopted cats, which is fantastic. But still, obviously, in Seattle, if you look at the whole thing, there are more households with dogs than there are with cats. And that pretty much you know, mirrors every other um, city in the, in the country. We're going to see more dogs and cats in the households. But then again, cats are great. I'm equal opportunity. I have five of each, five dogs, five cats. Well, obviously, sometimes six cats. But don't say they're not good pets. They are fantastic pets, and they are minor. I, you know, I, when they're little kittens, right? What you should do is sit down with them when you're reading to them. Read the dog book. 
And that way they're going to start learning that maybe, you know, I always joke, my cats read the dog book by mistake, or maybe I read it to them, but they are so dog-like in their behavior. And they seem to get along great with my dogs as well. So anyway, don't go away. When we come back, we are going to talk about Memorial Day and some safety tips to keep it a safe holiday coming up tomorrow. We'll be right back after these short words. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There's no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Best to Dr. Jeff. So, tomorrow, officially Memorial Day. So, in many parts of the country, it's already getting warm. We've talked about the, the summer hazards, the heat hazards, when to exercise your dog and make sure they get plenty of water. Never do it in the middle of the day. Watch their feet at night because the pavement stays hot. Definitely no, never leave them in a parked car. Um, if you have a pool, make sure that they are safe, pool safe, water safe. If you have that you know, you should get a gate around the pool. If you have a dog like my crazy idiot Labrador retriever who could spend all day in the pool and, um, and exhaust himself, heaven forbid, he should get out and take a rest. So um, he's a dog who takes the ball and throws it in himself if I stop throwing it in for him. So you just need to be a little bit more cautious this time of year. Tomorrow, however, there's another caution. And that is, here we are, we have the family together. It's going to be uh, noisy. It's going to be a lot of fun. And there's going to be a lot of eating and probably eating some foods that might not be too good for your dog. Um, or maybe say, I'll say more aggressively, are not good for your dog. So um, here's some of the no-nos. First of all, fatty foods. You gotta be very careful. If you're gonna barbecue steaks, and uh, ribeye steaks, and you got that, that bone in, all right, be very careful with that. Even though, yes, steak bones are harder, but they also have very sharp edges. And if they don't have it, the dogs will create the sharp edges through their gnawing and chewing, and that can be dangerous. If you're doing those little chicken wings or barbecuing anything chicken, guess what? Chicken bones are very, very dangerous, and you're not usually taking the skin off. Skin is very fatty. We can get pancreatitis that way. So that's something also one needs to be very, very careful with. As far as some of the fixing, you know, any anything think of it. If it's fatty, it's not good. Uh, so any of the grease isn't good. Now, one thing that also we see is, um, is uh, people don't think about it. Two things, actually. One, and I noticed this when I was in my early Berkeley days, and I had a, a dog with me. He used to go to class with me. His name was Thor, big black lab. He was gorgeous. So we were at a, a TG party. I know you know what TG parties are. And uh, so all of a sudden, people are whooping and wallowing, hollering. And I look, what's the commotion? Well, my dog, some guy was holding his, his big, you know, 16 ounce mug of beer, kind of low. My dog saw it and started licking at it because this guy felt the slobber all over his hands and thought it was so cute, right? 
that he's he's drinking beer. So everyone started bringing a beer, and he literally got drunk. If a dog can get drunk, Thor got drunk. So it's very important that dogs will like alcohol. Sometimes they will drink it, especially if it's mixed in something, and um, they cannot tolerate it. I mean. We often can't tolerate it. You can imagine a dog way smaller than we are that was not going to tolerate it well either. Here's one, though, that you don't even think about. And I don't think a year goes by that I don't have to deal with one of these cases. And that is the cob of a corn on the cob. So first of all, many of us um, either break that longer you know, corn on the cob into two or three pieces. Then you eat all the corn off. And what's, you don't eat the cob. So what happens? You, th- you toss it. Well, for some reason, there's something about corn dogs really, really like. So what they do is they'll go into the garbage and they will start eating and swallow that six inches, four inches, whatever it is of corn, that cob. And that cob actually will get through the stomach and then it starts coursing into the intestine. And it can start okay until it hits a narrow point or a a quick turn and it gets stuck. Now, the intestine has something called peristaltic waves. There are circumferential and longitudinal waves. They squeeze and they go advance forward. They squeeze and they advance forward. So what happens there is as it's trying to squeeze it, what was already a tight fit now is even tighter. Then when the longitudinal wave comes, it can't move it. So what's the next wave to come on? It's a constricting wave again. Before you know it, that constriction is so tight that it cuts off the blood supply to the intestinal wall. So now you have a dangerous thing because you can get an intestinal tearing. You can get what we call perforation, just the blockage, these animals. And I w- inevitably, 99.9% of the time, these end up being surgery and sometimes emergency surgical procedures and are very, very dangerous. Do not let your dog eat a corn cob. When you throw them away, use a covered trash can, put them in a trash bag and, and lift the bag, whatever you do. They are very, very dangerous, and people just don't think enough about them. So, I mean, just just as a a word uh, to a word, I would say from the wise, I don't know how wise I am. How about a word from the experienced? Um, We see this a lot. So it's the fatty foods, the barbecue stuff. Uh, If you have nuts, a lot of, you know, you've got people sitting out there and before the actual meal, you're munching on some nuts and having a cocktail, having a beer. Day two can be macadamia nuts are very, very fattening. And um, well, not so much fatty, they're very fatty and dogs can get cases of uh, what we call pancreatitis from the fat, even peanuts. That's why we're always careful about peanut butter. It's okay in small amounts. Yes, you can use it to give a pill, but you don't want to give them big tablespoons of peanut butter every day because it's too fatty for them. And um, so we really want to be extremely, extremely careful with that. So if you have any questions about that, you can always reach out to me at Dr. Jeff, Dr. Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com. I'll be happy to get back to you ASAP to answer your questions, given the fact that tomorrow is already Memorial Day. So uh, we want to make sure that your pets stay very safe. Um, now, next week, next week, I'm proud to say we are going to be going live from the VMX. The VMX is the largest, probably international pet show a vet show. It's a conference. It's a veterinary conference on the planet. It is in Orlando, Florida. I have been attending for years and years and years. And because last year there was none, and um, this year it's going to be held. I'm leaving. I'll be there Sunday, Monday, Tuesday of next week. And we are Sunday show. He's going to go live. I'm going to have some special guests uh, with me on the show. I'm going to have uh, Gene O'Neill, who is the um, uh, CEO of the uh, VMX. 
and um, also Dr. Dana Varble, who's Chief Veterinary Officer. They're going to be my guests. We're going to talk just about veterinary medicine, things that you want to know, things that are new, things that are on the horizon, and coming from a venue that is probably won't be, unfortunately, as active as it normally is, because it is usually a hopping, whopping place. I mean, this is huge. They, they, they actually went from one smaller hotel the Marriott, two, two hotels. They had two exhibit halls because the one wasn't big enough for the Marriott. It was the Gaylord in the Marriott. And now we're at the Orlando, the Orange, called the Orange County Convention Center in Orlando. It is one of the largest conference centers in the United States, probably in the world. And um, anyway, we pack a room. There are typically dozens, hundreds of sessions going on. And it, it's great that we are able to go back there. I'm very excited about going back. And of course, very excited to um, do our show live from the VMX. So please join in. And again, we always, we're live. We always want questions from you. So if you have any questions, it would be a really good time to ask them at that point because you'll have uh, two pros along with me on the show. So that's it for today. Um, hope all is well. If you, um, Robin, if you're there, you're muted. I have Robin Pence, who's like, uh, does all the media for show. Robin, are you with me? I'm here. Yes. I don't know if you can hear me. I can hear you fine. So tell us uh, what kind of numbers we might be expecting for, from VMX uh, starting next week. Yeah. Well, first of all, it's it's great to be here with you this morning, Dr. Werber. And we are just so excited that you're going to be joining us at VMX next Sunday. And uh, yeah, we're going to have thousands of veterinarians from all over the world joining us either live in Orlando or for the first time able to join us virtually. And what is so exciting about VMX and I think so relevant to all of of, of your listeners is that this is where the veterinarians learn all the latest things that are going on so they can take the best care of your animal. So everything you've been talking about today, CBD, what happens if your dog or cats gets a little taste they shouldn't, dentistry, we're looking at remission and diabetes in cats and how to keep dogs mentally and physically fit as they age. So everything that the veterinarians need to know so they're at the top of their game so they could take the best care of your animals is what they're going to be learning next week. So we're so excited that you'll be there and talking to everybody live from the show floor. You know, and it's interesting you say that, Robin, because it is so true. You know, when you're out a long time, I always say, I, I joke, I say, where do I learn? Get my, keep my, how does I stay update, updated? And who am I learning from? I say, I hire young, smart doctors, all right, who have all the new information. Because, you know, God, when you think about every the fact that every five years, half of what was gospel is now obsolete. And you've been out as long as I have, 30, almost, I'm in my 38th year. I said, then you're really in trouble because nothing, nothing's left that I learned that's still really, I mean, of course, the anatomy hasn't changed, but as far as medications and procedures and how we do things and why we do things and even vaccine protocols, they change like crazy. And we're learning and this is stuff. And when I learn so much when I go to these shows, even not only, not only the CE sessions, the continuing education sessions, but walking the exhibit hall and talking to the vendors and the, the doctors in these booths that are representing companies, um, especially when it comes to the pharmaceuticals and things and, and product, you learn so much. So it's really great. And I'm excited to be joining you next week. And um, I'm sure I'm hoping it's going to be a really fun, great conference as it usually is. Yes, absolutely. Well, we're really pleased that you'll be there. And one thing I will tell you that for your, your audience is that all these things you're talking about, imagine for human doctors, they're just dealing with humans. For veterinarians, all these changes, they're looking at multiple species they've got to keep up on. So there's a lot to learn. So, absolutely. Um, so this is a really great time for them to keep up. So uh, we will see you next week. Robin, everyone here will uh, be seeing you next week live 
from BMX. And um, again, if you have any questions about anything, be ready to join us and uh, you can ask away. All right. Thanks for joining me here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff. Thanks to Mark, our producer. And we will see you here, not here, well, I'll be coming from Florida next week live. Have a great week, everybody, and a really safe, fun Memorial Day, and enjoy your pets. Bye-bye. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.